This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome to Nutrition with Judy. Laura Spath. I am actually Judy's co host on our new podcast, Cutting Against the Grain, and I'm excited to be here hanging out with Judy in Austin for the weekend. In this episode, Judy is interviewing Kevin Stock. Kevin is a dentist, and they discuss his new program, Meat Health Academy. Let's get into it. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy, and today I have back on our channel、uh, Kevin Stock. He is going to talk about his program and just Um, all the support that he brings to the community. So, Kevin, thank you for joining me again today. If you can just kind of introduce yourself and just、uh, what's been going on. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me on again. I'm excited to chat and I'm excited to tell people about the program, but also, you know, here I'd like to add as much value to everyone as possible so we can go dive into topics that people have questions about.、Uh, but yeah, so excited to chat and we can take off wherever you want to start. Sure. So, you know, I know that you. So, when I first started Carnivore, your kind of beginner's guide to Carnivore was how I got started. So, then ever since the very beginning, I've been a big fan of yours.、Um, and then you wrote these very comprehensive blog posts. And I personally am a writer myself. So, I always thought you were very articulate with your writing.、Um, you got to the point, and it wasn't too sciencey so that the average person can understand it. And, you know, and then you would also cite a lot of stuff. So, Always been a huge fan.、Um, Thank you. Yeah, I do try and, so, and bridge that bridge like academic research, which is hard, and、yeah. just you know, the everyday average person and trying to make that all kind of comprehensible. Yeah, and you do a great job. So,、um, I know I read some of the plant toxicity, like, I didn't get to read through all of it, but that was like another blog post I remember you coming out with. In, Kind of、uh, like little pieces, and that was really good. And so,、um, when I heard that you were creating a program, I knew that it would be really comprehensive and it would be really good because of all the content you've always given out for free and just supported the community. So, if you can talk a little bit about the、uh, program, like who is it for? What's it all about? Yeah, so th- thank you, first of all. And what I think a lo- what a lot of people don't know is, you know, I started. Writing about a lot of my research into health and a meat based diet and a carnivore diet back in 
But prior to that, what I, I think a lot of people don't know is I spent uh, 15, almost 20 years very much obsessed with, you know, we talk about health and fitness in like one word. And what I learned where what I was missing was I had focused on one half of that. I focused on fitness. I, was, I grew up, I was an overweight kid. And my underlying desire through high school and college and professional school, and it's why I went into the sciences and I got degrees in chemistry and biology, is I funneled everything through, you know, how can I build muscle and how can I lose fat? Because I was really just concerned about the vanity side of health and fitness. I I wanted to improve my body. Uh, And there was a turning point in my life where I had figured out how to get fitness for myself. I was helping, I was writing about it. So at that time I was writing about fitness and body composition and helped many people get their body composition goals. And I was very confident, like someone came to me, it was just, it was a science. I could help them get to the body composition they wanted. But what I was lacking and what I didn't know at that time was I assumed if people got the body that they wanted, then they were going to be healthy. However, that's not true. Uh, And I knew that first, firsthand. So I, I was 30 years old, like, and fit. And I was suffering from low energy and low mood and low libido and inflammation. And I wasn't sleeping well. I'm like, what's going on? Like, I I thought I figured out this health and fitness thing when the truth was I'd only figured out the fitness aspect of it. And there was a health aspect and that led me down the back down the research hole. And that's when I started diving deep into, I started actually dive. I didn't dive into meat. I dove into plants and researching plants and anti-nutrients and toxins. And I wrote a lot about that. And I gradually was removing these plant-based diet, plant, plant-based foods until I was eating just meat and, you know, writing about why I was doing this and what the research says. And, you know, I then found the health aspect. And initially, you know, I was eating just meat. I, I never felt so good. I felt great, but I was missing part of the fitness part. And, but to me, I was like, you know, I don't know how to take care of this. I've been focusing on that for 15 years. So I added, you know, the stuff I'd learned then applied it to more of a carnivore diet and I was able to finally like feel great, you know, eat till I'm satisfied. There's no longer like deprivation and starvation and calorie counting. Uh, but I was able to get the body I wanted and the health I wanted. So, uh, and I realized, you know, and I'm sure, you know, and probably a lot of your audiences, you know, the beautiful simplicity of like a carnivore diet, which is eat meat, drink water sounds beautiful and simplistic on the front, but there's actually a lot of complexity underneath that everything from like, the fear of starting, like what about, you know, missing micronutrients like vitamin C or something like a macronutrient like fiber, uh, all the way to things like, oh, I hear LDLs rise, rising. And oh, there's a lot of fears before going into it because it's kind of so crazy. Uh, the people that get past that then go into the carnivore diet. And there's a whole nother issues of like obstacles that can be in the way from transitioning into it. Uh, and then people that get through the transition, there's another set of obstacles that they experience something I experienced. Some people where maybe they gain weight and the body composition goes in a different direction. Uh, and so what can we do there? Uh, and so because of these obstacles and everything i learned, I basically took the last 20 plus years of everything, research and personal experimentation, you know, working with others, distilled 20 years in the 15 hour program. And I was like, look, this program is designed. It's not like, a cookie cutter program, but it's more like a choose your own adventure kind of book where it's going to walk someone down the path to this is how you can create a nutrition plan. that's going to work for you no matter what. And a meat based diet is the foundation of that. Uh, but for some people, and the truth is most people aren't going to only eat meat the rest of their lives. There is a percentage of people that need to, to get the health and fitness they want. But I do think there's a large percentage of people that can include 
plant-based foods. And we talk about which ones, how to include them, which ones to include, how much, when, who's it for, all that in the program. But it's in order to make a diet work for everybody. So it's, you know, it's not like, like a cookie cutter diet plan, but it's more like all the knowledge you need to make it work for, for anyone. Everyone's unique goals, their life circumstances and individual individuality. Like I can eat some carbohydrate foods that do I do just fine with. And there's some things that, you know, I know make me feel bad and how to figure those things out individually and things like that. So that's the gist of the program. Uh, it is kind of robust. I, I wanted to make it as compact with no fluff as possible. And it was still 15 hours of video. So uh, it, it is robust, but I think it's worth it. Like if I could, if I could rewind the clock and, you know, watch 15 hour program versus, you know, what I did for 20 years, I'm like, that'd be worth it to me. So right. that's, that, that was the motivation behind, behind creating the program. Yeah. And that, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, when I work with clients individually, it depends on where they are in their journey, but it's never the same. And so as simple as it can be meat and water, it's not as simple as that when you start peel, peeling back the layers. And so you touched on so many things. So it sounds like people that are just starting on this kind of health journey can start this program, but as well as people that are, um, and I think there's a big population of this, um, these people, but there's also a population of people that then get stuck. They've been carnivore. They feel a lot better but they're starting to gain weight or stalling. And then what do they do? And that's um, a very tricky one, even with my clients when they're healing. And it sounds like you kind of cover that. Um, So like, what is one tip in general that you would recommend for somebody that's stalling? So stalling when it comes to weight loss, I like to think of it as you have two paths. Someone came to me and they're like, Kevin, I want to lose weight and I want to do it now. I'm like, we can do it. And, And depending on your history, you know, how much we're going to lose, how fast, you know, there's all kinds of variables, but no matter what I can get you losing weight in the next 30 days and six days, 90 days, you can have a whole new body. However, if you're feeling hungry all the time, starving, your hormones are tanking and, you know, it's basically a miserable experience. You know, we may improve your body composition. You may lose the weight, but that's not sustainable. Okay. So there's one route to the short term result that, you know, I'm happy to help people go down the, that road, but, I think what most people really want is long-term. Like, look, starvation is not a long-term, you know, fat loss plan, which is what a lot of people do. They think like, I'm going to, you know, diet down and eat a thousand calories a day and I'm going to lose this weight and then it's just going to stay off. But the truth is like, you, you, that you're not going to live on that thousand calories a day. And if you try, you're going to be feeling terrible and eventually you're going to start eating again and basically get into this yo-yo diet thing, which we could talk more about, but that's what, where people get into a lot of trouble is when they start doing the yo-yo dieting and then you have to dig your way out of that. Uh, and then there's a, a longer term plan, a longer term commitment to health and fitness. And, and like you said, one of the biggest variables is where is someone starting? It's going to be very different for someone who's 25 years old and who's you know been an athlete, but wants to make some body composition changes versus someone who's eaten a standard American diet for 60 years and they want to reverse insulin resistance and all kinds of things. So there's different paths, but no matter what, there's like a short-term path and a long-term path to sustainability. In the program, we, we I walk through people the long-term path. And, you know, I talk about short-term paths. Like, this is what you can do if you want to get, you know, go fast. And we can talk about some of those strategies. But the long-term path is much more about we need to fix the underlying issues that got us here first. And the first thing it really starts with is like relationship to food. Because if you're addicted to carbohydrates, it's kind of like, you know, we alluded to like alcoholism or anything like else like that, where 
you know, we have to fix that issue first. And because if, if we're addicted to foods, you're, you're going to be relying on willpower the rest of your life. But there's good, the good news is we, you can beat addictions uh, and the, all kinds of strategies to get to beat the addictions. And then it comes to like healing metabolism and, and ways to do that. And, you know, I think you know, we're on the same page when we talk about like two, two of the biggest things you can do to heal a meta- like a damaged metabolism, insulin resistance is go no low carb and resistance training. Like that's two things that's going to increase insulin sensitivity, ramp up metabolism, allow someone to be able to eat more calories and sustain a lower uh, body fat composition. Because if someone's able to eat 3000 calories a day, for example, and they're full and they're maintaining their body composition they want, then it's like sustainable. Like I'm full, I'm satisfied, I feel good. That's a sustainable path. Uh, and that's what, you know, we try and get people onto a s- sustainable path because I think that's what we all ultimately want. Right, right. And do you, do you feel that your program would help women that are maybe past their 50s? Maybe they have hormonal imbalances, um, maybe struggling with a little bit of perimenopause, menopause, but um, that, you know, may still be able to kind of heal their hormones through this program possibly, um, and the kind of long-term strategy and then even lose weight. Yes, absolutely. Actually, I think that's maybe so, so far we, the program has been live for about a month and there's about 350 students right now. And I would say one of our biggest demographics is women in their fifties, I think, uh, which kind of surprised, but kind of not surprised women tend to be overgeneralization, but they tend to be more of like, I'm going to go figure this out, more likely to enroll in a course, take matters into their own hands. Men kind of like, will wait to go to the doctor and they're like, all right, you're going to die of a heart attack if you don't get this under control. And they're like, okay, reluctantly time to get going. Um, so yes, I think when it comes to healing hormones, and I kind of always start with this basic foundation that, okay, we're humans. And as as much as we are difference between us, there's an underlying similarity in our anatomy physiology. And does things change based on unique circumstances, times in life? Absolutely. Like, and so, but first of all, there's that baseline. And so let's get the baseline diet, right. And then kind of like on top of that baseline is the individuality part of it. And in the program, there's like stage one, stage two is how it's divided. So in stage two, uh, and the program is very specifically like, okay, what, what do you need to do to, if you're having some hormonal issues, maybe you do need to eat some carbohydrates. So, Cause so I'm not very dogmatic when it comes to what someone should be eating. I'm all about like, let me eat what's going to work for you. Right. And I think there's a good framework to look at how to best know what's going to work for you and how to figure that out. And when you have that framework of, okay, this is how to solve the puzzle. It's kind of like that, that saying where you could give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day, teach a man a fish, he'll eat for the rest of his life. I feel like what I wanted to accomplish in the program is I want to teach people how to fish. And I don't want it to be a real complicated process. I teach you how to fish very quickly, start reeling in fish right away so you can get success right away, uh, but also know like how to navigate the waters. So like you basically are empowered forever. So maybe someone that wants to be like, look, I want to go on vacation for a month and eat whatever I want. That's fine. You know, you have the power to come back and like reclaim your health and whatnot. So I guess that's a long answer to saying like, absolutely. I think uh, that's definitely a demographic that, you know, I don't want to say the program's just tailored to them, but it's not, you know, they're not, they're not left out uh, because the same strategy as goes to fixing a hormonal problem that basically I was having 
in my 30s where I probably had, you know, if I looked at my testosterone, it was probably way too low for a male my age, uh, fixing those hormones, fixing insulin resistance, fixing thyroid, you know, low thyroid is very common. Um, the foundation of that is like solid. Like that's, that's where it comes from, building that foundation and then tinkering where we need to tinker. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I think we are very similar in our kind of approach to healing. Um, And I think that's why I think I've always been attracted to your work, because, um, you know, it sounds like there's no dogma in this, right? It's just um, helping people to just not be able to just go through your program and then say, if you don't follow it to the T, you're not going to be successful. And you don't know why, but you'll understand kind of every facet and understand why your thyroid may be imbalanced, why we need to support the metabolic, you know, area, and then just everything else. So that then when they leave, they have the tools that they can just kind of kind, you know, figure out their own areas if they need more support down the road. But also, I know you do the group support as well. But it just sounds like you empower the people taking this program so that then they can really achieve that health and fitness that you're talking about, which is what I do too. And so you know, it sounds really appealing. I'm like definitely interested in your program as well. So, um, you know, what, like I, one thing I'd ask is, do you, I know this is a very individualistic, but is there like a caloric amount that you would recommend people not eating under, or do you not have? That is an excellent question because it's not something I explore very often because mm-hmm. people's caloric needs are different. Right. And that has to do a lot with like history. Cause I know many people that are eating like 1500 calories a day, for example, and it seems too low. And I'm like, but if they're healthy and they feel good, they're performing good, they like how they look and there's no problems, there's no hormonal things. I'm not going to be like, that's wrong. Um, so I, I don't, I don't think I subscribe to too low. I would look at someone's calorie intake. And if they said they weren't feeling good and I saw that they were eating 1200 calories a day and restricting themselves and starving all the time, I'd be like, well, that's probably too low for you. <laughs> yeah. um, and kind of like the same on the flip side, I I don't really talk about what would be too much, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now we could talk about like if someone's goal was they wanted to lose fat in 90 days and their base, basal metabolic rate was X, then I could be like, okay, if you eat this amount of calories, it's too much. It's going to send you, a, you know, like it's an excess of what you should be taking to reach your goal. Um, but in the, in the scheme of like, health and, you know, I, I don't know if I'd subscribe to a minimum or maximum. Do you, do you have ba- like ballpark numbers that you use? Um, I kind of just use that general 0.8 grams of uh, protein within meat um, to like one pound of ideal body weight. And I think at this point, I don't ask the person what their ideal body weight is. I just kind of go off my numbers because I tend to see then they'll eat um, some people like, especially the men, their ideal body weight seems to be larger than maybe they need to consume. Mm. And then I'll go from that 0.8 grams to maybe one gram of uh, protein per ideal body weight. And then I will shift the macros for the fat based on how much they need to heal. So, you know, all our hormones are based on either proteins or fats. So then fat is the kind of lever to see, okay, you don't have your period, your thyroid needs support or your sex hormones or you're highly stressed. Maybe we need to up the fat. And then like you're saying, um, based on their symptoms, I mean, if someone's eating 1500 and they're sleeping through the night, have their period, or they're not having menopause hot flashes, then I can't say, well, something's wrong. So you need to eat more. Right. right. But that's oftentimes just... that's not the case. It's yeah. like they're eating, I'd say the average, and I have a lot of women in their fifties as well, but 
Um, I'd say on average, they're eating like 1200 calories and then they're not sleeping through the night, thinning hair, thyroid issues. So then I'm like, we need to up the calories. And that's like the last thing they want to hear. Cause they're like, yep. I already feel so full though. Right. Uh, um, yep. And so that's yep. a big um, issue I have is the, how do you get someone to eat? Because no, they're no longer feeling hangry. That's, I mean, that's a, that's a great question. And we're right on line as far as how we deal with macronutrients. Cause that is one thing. So the, the one macronutrient that I focus on is protein because okay. we have lots, we have basically zero carbohydrate needs, fat needs to, for survival at least mm-hmm. is very, very small, but we have a relatively large amino acid needs on a continual basis. Cause we don't store amino acids like, yes. like glycogen or, or fat. So protein is the one where I'm like, look, I recommend basically right online with what, you, with what you just said. And so that's what we shoot for that. And then we have these two other levers that we can mess with carbohydrates and fat. And so basically that's exactly, you know, how I recommend doing that. So I look at, I prefer to look at macronutrients that way and calories kind of as a, a natural byproduct of that. Gotcha. And now with people that are trying to get more extreme body composition, which we go through in the program, because, you know, I have a background in, in physique competitions and there's other people that want to more extreme fat loss, more extreme muscle building. So when it comes to those kinds of things, you know, I do look more closely at macros and calories. And for some people even recommend tracking, even though I did my last physique competition, I did not track macros or calories and with national qualifiers. So it's like, it's not something you need to do once you have the roadmap in your head. Um, But for some people, it is helpful to, you know, actually, you know, get very granular about that. Uh, but for most part, I try and free people from that. Like, uh, it's one of the, like, once you start eating right and you find your right uh, in the program, it's primary pyramid and plant pyramid. And once you hammer those out, there's very much a freedom to food and life. And it's like a lot of people like me who are very left brain maniacal. It's kind of nice to, you know, figure it out and then have some freedom with it. Uh, yeah. Do you notice um, just from the, because I mean, you have a sizable population already. So, do you notice if like the fat lever works better or the carbs or is it not kind of? Hey guys, just to let you know, my carnivore cure book is back in stock for nine months. It was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today. That has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. We have a limited supply. So get your copy today on amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful. I think it's individualistic. I think, so in my experience, fat, if it drops below 30% of calories, then we start having consequences unless you start doing some kind of fat cycling and some more complicated, you know, things. So in general, kind of like, like you were just saying, I'm like, if we're doing one gram per pound of lean body mass or pound of body weight depending i talk about like who should go aim for what or but what now if we're doing that and we're doing 30 percent, you know calories from fat those are kind of like the minimums that i talk about and then so we can fill on from top from on top of that but yeah if you drop fat too low for too long then you start having issues you have certain kind of appetite hunger issues so people start eating way more than than they need so if they're gaining weight i'm like well it could be because you're not eating enough fat and that's what kind of counterintuitive uh so yeah yeah i've seen that in um in my practice where some women just can't tolerate a lot of fat because either they weren't eating a lot of fat their whole life so liver can't produce the bile or the gallbladder is not really functioning well and so then they just kind of up the protein and then 
Some clients still gain weight or some clients, they just never feel full. And so they keep mm. eating. And so I have really tiny women eating like five pounds of meat. And I'm like, you need to eat the fat, but then it's just this balance of, okay, trying to be able to assimilate the fat in the body. And so that's definitely yeah. a struggle. Um, and that's yeah. where kind of like for me, the digestive enzymes and other gut stuff um, yep. always support with that. Yeah. Um, and one thing, one thing kind of just to piggyback on that, that, you know, I learned after years of doing this meat base and basically I learned this from other people. Cause I'm kind of like, I think it's type a personality. You probably tell, um, but not everyone's like that. And for some people like this all in approach, it sounds good. Motivation's high for a little bit, but then it's not. And everything goes out the window. And so in the program, I designed basically two routes and one of the routes is called like a step down approach. And so far, you know, for a lot of people that enroll in the program, they like this because they like the idea of a meat-based diet and getting the results in the health and fitness, but they're not ready to go like all in just meat. And so I call it a step down approach where it's much more of a gradual approach. People, especially like you were mentioning, like people that have like maybe some fat malabsorption, it's like, okay, let's not dive all in. Let's just start making steps in the right direction. And this kind of ease in approach, which I used to, you know, I used to actively tell people don't do that because it's like slowly ripping off a bandaid, just rip it off. But for some people, it's not, it's, it's not like slowly ripping off a bandaid or tiptoeing into a cold water. It's really, it's just much more enjoyable and easier and they can finally find success because they're not pushed going, you know, all in. And I talk about because I, I do these annual challenges and I, one of the examples I allude to is like, I, I wanted to learn how to draw. Like I've been talking about, I've been like this left brain math and science guy, and I wanted to explore my creative side. And so I wanted to learn how to draw. And it was in 2019, that was my challenge, but I had a lot going on in my life. So I basically set a floor saying, okay, I have to practice at least five minutes a day for five days a week. And I found success in drawing. You could actually see that little picture of me that I drew right up there. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> and, but the, the only reason I found success was if I would have said, okay, I have to draw two hours a day, seven days a week, I would have failed because it just didn't fit into my life. And I didn't have the, that level of motivation to learn how to draw. It's like, I wanted to learn, but it wasn't like top of priority in my life. But because I set the bar low and I allowed myself to gradually step into it and it, it became more and more fun over time and easier and easier over time. I got to the point where I could actually, it looks like I actually know how to draw. And so I kind of use that approach for people. It's like, not everyone is their whole life is all about health and I get it. And it needs to fit into their life and there, you can still get it to work and you can do it by taking gradual steps. And so there's a part of that to the program, um, how, how you, how you can step down towards, you know, the health and fitness you want. And it's not this big life altering thing. Um, it can fit into your life and it will change your life. Uh, and it'll be kind of like boiling a, like a, a frog in water, you know, the saying like, you, you don't even know it. It's not even, it's not that hard to do. And before you know it, like you, you look around, your body changed, your health changed and small steps can get people there. I love that you've been through even those physique competitions, which you really have to probably do extreme measures to kind of get even to that kind of body physique, even um, I guess before your meet days. And then you also marry it with the psychology that you've kind of learned through what's realistic, right? So I'm not the only type of person. There's more people than just the type A um, that are black and white or that are extreme or that some people call abstainers versus like there's actually moderators out there. And it sounds like you also just um, include 
empathy in this kind of whole coaching where you know that one size does not fit all. And, and that's how the best way you can actually support people is knowing that there's all these different kinds of people. And how do I make a program that'll support everyone, but everyone's needs are somewhat different. Exactly. And I think, um, and that's why to me, it makes sense why your videos maybe is, um, or your program's just a little bit longer because you have to kind of customize and kind of cover all your bases. And it's not just this cookie cutter answer, which would then be really simple. Um, So I think that'll be really beneficial for so many people. And um, I commend you for doing that because I don't see that a lot in this space, right? It's very, especially on social media, it's very black and white. Like um, you don't have to do this. All you need is me. And it's just not realistic, right? So then some people that will do that path, they'll see that, oh, well, I guess it doesn't work for me since that's the answer. Um, And then they'll move on when it's such a sad situation because they could have eaten a lot more meat. Maybe they add a little bit of plants or they do X, Y, Z else. And then they figure, oh, this is the way that carnivore or a meat-based diet works for me. But a lot of people will leave because of these dogmas or rules. And I just love that you are more open-ended and just sharing here, let's find what works for you. Here's some kind of baseline rules and that's what will help. Um, but you know, and then moving from that. So one of the dogmas I walked into with this whole kind of meat based is that you don't really need much exercise. All you need is meat and water. Um, but it seems like exercise is a big deal for your, um, a lot of the kind of healing that you see. So one thing is, do you implement exercise as part of your kind of program? And then secondly, do you see a difference with women and men in terms of exercise? It's a great question. And so one of the, one way I look at exercises for those that don't know, like I am a trained dentist and I do, I do dentist, I do dentistry. <laughs> I do dentist. Uh, I do dentistry in the pediatric population as well as I treat sleep disorder breathing. But one of the, one of the things I relate dentistry to nutrition, it relates in many ways, but one way is, you know, if you're eating right, you're probably not going to get oral decay, but if you brush your teeth on top of that, it can really, you know, it can really ensure like you're not going to get decay, you'll have good oral health, et cetera. And so I do think exercise is, is important, but especially important for the people you just mentioned who might have some metabolic damage. And if we, if we can go down this rabbit hole just a little bit, um, because the most maybe common issue I see, and probably with women more than men just in general, is a history of they've tried to diet and they had some success. They lost some weight. And the key word here is weight, meaning they lost some fat and they lost some muscle and they were probably feeling deprived and hungry. And eventually they're like, okay, this doesn't feel good. So they start eating more food again and they gain weight. And when I say weight this time, I mean, they gain mostly fat and they don't gain the muscle back. So after one yo-yo diet, they're in a worse place than they were when they started. And a lot of times then they get back there and like, okay, I don't look good again. Like I want to get this body composition under control. So they do another yo-yo diet and maybe it's even more restrictive this time and they lose weight, muscle and fat. And then eventually that gives way because like we were talking about starvation is not a long-term strategy. So then, you know, they eat again and then they gain fat, not the muscle back. And so they're in a worse place. And I say this because the, the way out of this is almost the exact way we found our way into it, but in reverse. And it's kind of like yo-yo dieting in reverse where it's like, okay, what we need to focus on is we lost that muscle throughout these yo-yo diets. We lost that lean body mass. We did damage the metabolism. The way we can get that back is if we really focus on putting muscle on, okay, you might put on a little bit of fat, but the idea is to put on, you know, muscle and improve the metabolism. And if we put on a little bit of fat, 
no big deal. What we're going to do is a shorter sprint. We're going to lose that fat, not the muscle. Very, I like highlight that. We're going to lose the fat, not the muscle. And then we're going to go focus on building the more muscle. And then we're going to maybe put on a little bit of fat and then you're going to lose that fat and then put on more muscle. And before you know it, you know, they're eating more food than they can imagine and their body fat's low and they have the body composition they want. They're like, I'm satisfied. The metabolism heals. They're insulin sensitive. Uh, but I, I talk about this because I feel like that is a longer path but a necessary path for people that have done more long-term damage. Uh, and that's probably the most common scenario that I see uh, with people that really, they tend to be health conscious too, because they have good intentions when they go on these diets and they fail for a number of reasons. And one is the restrictive nature of the diet, probably the content of the diet, the approach, things like that, that initially started not ideal. Um, and so, you know, the unfortunate way out is it takes a little bit longer. Um, but the good news is, like done properly, like you could, the body's amazing at healing and it can, and it will heal, give it the right stimulus, give it the right nutrition, keep the right stuff out of the body. And you know, the body can do amazing things. How long do you typically see, and I know it varies, depends on the metabolic health and just any other kind of um, other confounding factors, but would you say that they would have to eat more and possibly gain some weight and do some, you know, heavy lifting or, you know, stuff to support the muscle growth. Um, how long do yes. we have to go that route? <laughs> I, I recommend for that route, the fastest way out of it is to do resistance training. And, but here's where it turns people off because they're like, I don't want to go to the gym or something like that. The amount of resistance training that's needed to start getting out of this is, is not that significant. Like these like outrageous changes and progress can be made in 10, 20 minutes a day, even, even maybe, you know, 15 minutes, three times a week, like that a small amount can go a very long way. And usually it depends on where they are, but a progressive eating approach, a lot of times this is natural. So it's like, maybe some people they don't have to worry about where it's like, one of the things is like, I'm like, during these times, follow your appetite. When you're putting on lean body mass, the appetite will naturally increase. And if you just kind of follow that the body will keep putting on muscle and you you know, maybe you'll put on some fat during this. And, you know, I know people don't want to do that. It feels like a step back. Um, I like the people not to worry about it early on. Um, if it happens, it happens. And because there's strategies to get it off and right. putting the muscle on, I like to think of more as a marathon. It's not a marathon, but it takes a little bit longer. Fat loss can be very fast. And I, I think it's what a lot of people don't realize like the fat loss can be like a sprint. And so you do a short sprint and fat loss and then a longer road of let's put on some lean body mass. And then if you start getting more body fat than you want, then let's lose that fat and then continue on the journey again. And it's actually like, this is what physique athletes do in a more extreme way. They'll have these long bulking cycles and they'll put on probably more fat than they need to put on. And then they'll cut for a show real severely. And then you know, some people mess it up there and they start, they'll pile the fat back on. But what you really want to do is like more of a gradual progressive approach. So it's actually like, this is known in like the bodybuilding communities. Like this is how you put on muscle. This is how you, and I mean, what the bodybuilding community does a lot of things wrong, but they do some things right. And one of that is if you're in the bodybuilding community and you're in a show, very insulin sensitive uh, and insulin resistance is, you know, if not the main reason that, you know, underlying a lot of our health issues, it's, it's up there. <laughs> um, and so th this is one way out of that. And that whole process of kind of heavy lifting and then, then cutting maybe some of the fat, would you say is like 
six. I know I don't want to like pigeonhole you, but I'm just going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, first of all, I wouldn't call it heavy lifting. And one of the things that I've been using, I, the gym is like a home away from home for me and my gym closed a year ago. And so I've been doing home workouts for over a year now. And I got this system called the X3 system. And, you know, I've been promoting because I've just been such a huge fan of it. Like, and it's a simple system. It's a, basically these elastic bands and a basically resistance band training in my living room. Uh, and I feel like not only have I not lost muscle, but like my legs have been more, haven't been like the most developed my legs have been. And so I just want to say, it's not necessarily heavy lifting, anything to be intimidated about. Uh, in general, what I recommend for people is, and you, like you said, it, it's really going to depend on where someone's starting. But in general, I like, it, and it depends on their goals. So, I mean, the context matters a lot. And that's one of the reasons for the program is there's so much context in everything we're talking about. And if we take one little part out, we might miss the full picture. Uh, but just to kind of give you a ballpark, I like to see people do six months or nine months where they're really focused on putting lean body mass. And then depending on where you are there, maybe we do a one month fat loss sprint. Some people like extreme would be three or four months. Like if I was going to do a bodybuilding competition, I stay fairly lean, probably around 10%, like not counting calories, anything like that. I would probably, if I was going to try and get on stage, I'd probably need eight to 12 weeks. Um, so that would be like my most severe time frame of cutting, but I stay pretty lean. So if someone went maybe a little bit more body fat than that, and they want to get stage lean, that's, fat sprint might be for four months. I would, I don't recommend more than 16 weeks during a, during a fat loss kind of sprint. And I think the muscle building should be the most of the time, uh, where you like, I like to think of fitness as an ongoing journey and you can always get better. And one, and so if you're not doing a fat loss sprint, then maybe you're just building muscle. And of course, there's the maintenance phase. Like once you get to where you want to be, you can just kind of maintain like, okay, this is what I eat. This is how I lift. And you don't need to focus on built building or cutting or anything like that. I personally like to think of it as always trying to get better. Uh, it's kind of motivating, keeps me in it. And I think a lot of people like to like, if they're in the health space, they want to just keep getting better. And so one way to focus on that in the fitness sense is, you know, always try and get a little bit stronger. Uh, and then if you put on some fat then do a short little fat loss, sprint. Like I, what I'll typically do is, uh, it's going to be May here in a couple of days. I might do a one month carnivore cut kind of thing. Uh, and then I'll probably spend the next 11 months where I'm either just eating, maintaining, or maybe actively trying to build muscle, like more aggressively eating a little bit past my appetite, which I might do in the winter when it's cold here in St. Louis. And I just want a little extra fat padding. Uh, so that's kind of how I personally approach it. But uh, I guess that's a long answer. The, the shorter answer would be depends, but you know, fat loss sprints can be anywhere from a couple weeks to a couple months. Whereas, you know, really building the muscle, the lean body mass, six months, nine months, I tell people go as long as you are comfortable, uh, you know, because if you're eating according to, I like to say, according to design, uh, if you're eating according to design, the chances are, and you're, and you're trying to build muscle, the chances are you're going to back your way into the body you want, <laughs> you know, into a body probably beyond what you want. You don't even have to worry about these fat loss sprints. Uh, but if not, we have the fat loss sprints there. So I like to just be like, look, just try it. If you have to focus on, look, I'm going to build up my muscle and eat this way. And a lot of times that's all they need. And there's this one thing I wanted to talk about is because there's a fear mostly among uh, women, not so much among men is like, am, am I a big and bulky? And 
I'm always like, look, get big and bulky and then send me a message and then I'll tell you what to do. But that doesn't happen unless we're taking some like exogenous hormones. Yeah, I um, so I've always been the type that um, I'm pretty tall. I'm five eight, so I've always wanted to be more of that lean look. And so I was deathly afraid of any like strength training. And so, but I, you know, just understanding nutrition, I know that um, more than just eating proteins, I also need to do some strength training. That's what will support longevity. And so I've been using the um, those like uh, resistant bands and they actually really work and they're really hard to, um, and then oh. I've been using lighter weights. And so I definitely notice an improvement in just strength, um, energy levels on a carnivore diet. Whereas in the beginning of my journey, I was just like, Oh, I don't need to do any of that because you know, they say cardio is bad or that cardio is, you know, it's just unnecessary stress on the adrenals. And I think it's a balance. I feel like there's a little bit of dogma coming into carnivore where it's this extreme, like, Oh, the nutrition is so good that now you don't need the fitness side. But I think, but I think it's actually, no, like you can incorporate the meat into the rest of the society and actually you will do better. And one thing I see with my clients that are a little older is they don't, um, they don't really fixate on the exercise part. And the reason is, Oh, my adrenals are hormones. And now Hmm. I'm turning to change the narrative of actually, I think you should work out and get your heartbeat up a little bit and do some, you know, resistance trainings because I mean, I personally feel better now too. And so, yeah. Um, do you notice a difference with like men and women with the diet? Um, and I'm sure there are some, but do you notice anything with like exercise and just stamina overall? Uh, I would say there are differences. One of the, probably the biggest difference is, actually just like in their goals. Uh, so they have different kind of goals that they're shooting for, which, which is going to take different approaches. Uh, and so they're like, well, is this going to work for me? Well, I'm like, oh, that diet could work or this diet could work, but really depending on your goals, are going to dictate you know, what we're going to do. One of the things that you were talking about earlier, which I found true is I think men, maybe it's probably just because of the tend to hold a little bit more muscle mass can do better on more, with more protein to fat ratio. Yeah. Whereas women, like you said, I think do better. We're overgeneralizing here, but that's fine with, with, uh, with the higher fat content. So maybe it is closer to 20% protein, 80% fat. Uh, and so that's probably the biggest difference I see in nutrition wise. Uh, and maybe I think, I don't know if I'd go there, but I might as well mention, I think keeping some plant-based foods in the diet is more beneficial for certain women than men. Men tend to seem like you take all the plants out and the hormones are still all fine and they see success. Whereas with some women, I, I feel like we hit a little bit better success in certain circumstances if we do incorporate some plant-based foods. Sometimes it's thyroid support, things like that. Uh, that's that's kind of like we're getting into like the, the nitty gritty, but in general, that's that. It's when it comes to, uh, like you were saying with exercise, like I agree with you, this human body is designed to move. And so- the carnivore diet is kind of like rooted in what is a human ancestral diet? What are we designed to eat? What are we designed to do? And I think, do you think there's an argument for it's like, we wouldn't be running 10 hours a day hunting. We'd probably be pretty successful hunters and these apex predators that are able to do a certain amount of movement, exercise, capture prey and eat. Right. Um, so it's not like, like you're saying, we, it's not like we need to do hours and hours and hours of exercise a day and hours and hours of running probably counterproductive to 
what a lot of people's goals are. Um, but some movement I am certain is beneficial for the body. And like you said earlier, when it comes to longevity, maintaining muscle mass as we age is one of the biggest predictors of longevity. And if you're not moving, even if you're eating a great diet, you know, muscles are going to atrophy if you don't use it, especially as we old, we get like anabolic resistance. And so it's harder to not only build muscle, but also just to maintain the muscle that we have. And so adding in some resistance training, even just if it's modest, um, is going to go a long way to, you know, doing things like promoting longevity uh, and, and joint health, which is extremely important. Yeah. And I mean, I always talk about the lymphatic system. I mean, there's no kind of pump in the lymphatic system. And so if you don't move, you don't jump, you don't, none of that will, you know, move around. And so to just get that fluid moving to detox, all of that is super beneficial. Um, So with the program, is there like a time commitment kind of what, you know, so if I go in, I'm guessing that there's some videos I can watch, but I mean, is there homework? Is there assignments? Is there like a Facebook group I can join? Like what all does this entail? So yes, there is 60 something videos that you just, it all opens up. So you get access to it all. And it's about 15 hours of video training. And I strongly emphasize people go through at their own pace and, you know, put me on your schedule. That's what I say at the beginning, put me on your schedule, whether it's 30 minutes every day at lunch or block out a weekend where you just want to knock it all out. I recommend people just do one pass all the way through so you can get the context and then you can start implementing and review as you implement it, like how to do everything. Uh, it comes with like a hundred page workbook. So it's, that's like, there's a lot of video training. So the workbook is like, look, this is the step-by-step. I, you know, one thing I'm, I wanted the program to be so comprehensive. They have everything they need, but also so simple that it's not like, you know, complexity is the, what's the saying? The complexity is like, the enemy of execution. So I wanted to be to be simple so people can just start implementing right away. And so there's a workbook that's really just step-by-step the homework assignments in the workbook. Uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's lifetime access and it's also available in audio. So people that want to just plug it into their, you know, listen in the car or whatnot. So all options to consume it as, as you know, how you need to consume it. Uh, and, and yeah. And, and then yeah, what about so. community aspects? So do you have lives? Do you, I mean, if I wanted yeah. to get a hold of you and I was um, part of the program, like how does that work? So there's a mastermind group that people have the opportunity to join, which is a private Facebook group. There's also a secondary community. So, which is basically like a Facebook group, but in case, uh, you know, people, some people don't use Facebook. And mm-hmm. so there's a second area where we have total control over it. So if anything happens to Facebook, we have a secondary home base. Uh, and then we do go live once a month in the, in, in the mastermind. And, you know, we talk about obstacles. We talk about, we celebrate successes and wins and what's working for people and where people are struggling and help people overcome those obstacles. Uh, and there's ways to submit questions uh, to me. And so we can ham- basically hammer all those things out. Yeah. I really like that. This isn't just a, here's a quick, you know, the, I know it's alluring and um, it definitely you know, make sales to say 21 day weight loss program, 30 day Um, challenge, here's some easy quick. But the thing is, there's so many of them because they don't really work long term, right? So it's a sure it's a quick fix, you'll um, get some results. But I mean, when you cut calories and certain things, like it's inevitable, you'll lose weight. But it sounds like yours is kind of like this one stop shop of, hey, if you take this, you will have the tools and you'll kind of know everything that's going on in your body, whether it's the health side or the fitness side. And this can 
provide you results and possibly for the long term, which um, I don't think a lot of programs offer. So I think this is, you know, a great resource for people, whether it's that they're new to the carnivore and they're just figuring out how much meat do I eat? What kind of meat, what fat, uh, what exercise should I start implementing from the beginning? And it seems like you kind of cover it all. And then on top of that, you have workbooks to kind of, you know, make sure that they're really learning what they're, what they're seeing. So, I mean, this is, stuff is all really good. And then you said there's a, a, a group support where then um, they'll have other people that are taking the course understand like, Hey, we're all in this together, which then they can kind of support each other and see like work out any kinks if they come across anything. Yeah. And I always underestimated the power of community because oh, yeah. I, because I had been, like on this health fitness journey for a long time. So sometimes it's hard for me to get out of that and understand where someone else is coming from. But like with this art challenge, it's, which is interesting, I relate things to that because that's what I was trying to learn. That's where a lot of people are in the fitness and health uh, journey. And one of the things that made all the difference, it's, it's interesting when someone goes back through my drawings for this first six months of the challenge, I was like, not very good. And every, every drawing was like, eh. And then six months in, I enrolled in this program, this guy named J.D. Hilberry, uh, and his program was, first of all, excellent. So that, that was it had a big impact on my drawing there. And then he had this basically community aspect, and I was able to upload my drawings, and then he would personally give me feedback on the drawings, and the community would give me feedback on the drawings, and then I would see what other people were drawing, and it's like, I was like, it was, first, it was inspiring, and then it was also helpful where they could point out exactly where I needed help, and from that point on, my drawing started to take off. And it's like, I could actually draw something that almost looks like, like myself. And so I knew that that's the reason why I actually created the community aspect to the program. Cause I was not even going to do that. I was like, everything's in the program. They don't need it, anything else. Uh, but then I was like, that's, a, that's an important thing to have. And so that's why it's in there. Uh, and like you said, it was creating the program was very difficult because it does cover, it is so broad and in depth. And one of the reasons was, People, I, you know, I feel for people that have gone from diet to diet to diet and nothing works. And that's what some of the feedback I got from people is like, you know, they feel like they've been burned so many times. I get it. I, when I was an overweight kid, I was trying to figure it out. And at the time, the healthy diet was healthy grains. It was the healthy fats, which were vegetable oils. And the healthy protein at the time was soy protein. And I remember my brother and I, we were both overweight kids and my mom would buy us these giant jugs of soy protein powder. So we're living on soy protein powder, vegetable oils, and grains. And I'm like, that is the exact opposite of the diet that like I actually ended up figuring out was what I wanted to work. But basically I understand, like I wanted people like, look, this is your last stop you need. If you really want to make the change, this is all you need. It's here. And so if you work the program, it'll work for you. And so it is the last stop for people if, if they want a last stop. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And the fact that there's community support and it's just comprehensive and even just remembering your initial guide, it was very simplistic. It was like a, almost like a PowerPoint um, and a PDF version of it. And as much as each page had very, not too much text, um, but it was, it was to the point, there was just a lot of information in there. And so I just imagine your program being just as great. So I'm excited for people to learn and heal from this. And then, um, you know, it's kind of like no excuses after just really going through your program and understanding like the way the body kind of functions and just how you can support the body to actually get to a physique you want, but also heal. Right. Exactly. Um, One question I have is just out of curiosity. So 
what have you found with the women with hormones and the carbohydrates? One of the things that, so one area that I talked about a little bit earlier in, in dentistry, this niche area of dentistry, dental sleep medicine, where I help people basically sleep better by treating sleep apnea and sleep disordered breathing, which includes everything from snoring to like severe obstructive uh, uh, sleep apnea. But I've gone deep into sleep. And, you know, next to nutrition, I think it is probably the core pillar of health. Like if you're not sleeping right, nothing else is right. It's going to mess with your hormones. So, you know, with the fitness, you're not going to be able to lose the fat, et cetera, et cetera. One thing, this is just an example where carbohydrates can help not just women, but basically anyone, people that have sleep issues. So carbohydrates, like, for example, if someone takes, has like a tablespoon of honey before bed, helps release serotonin, which helps, helps, helps you go to sleep. And I, so I've, I found it to be helpful for certain people with sleep issues, but like we can't get over what's going on. And we add some carbohydrates later in the day. And I usually recommend carbohydrates later in the day for a number of reasons. Uh, and then we start sleeping, sleeping good again. And so I'm like, look, you, you, I, I'm always weighing cost and benefits in my head. And, and especially when it comes to like medical interventions, I, you know, we go deep into that. Uh, almost anything has a cost benefit relationship. And so there might be some detriment to eating some carbohydrate later in the day, for example, but if it's helping you sleep better, the, uh, the pros from that are going to outweigh the cons that we might be, that, that we might have. Uh, and so it's not like it's an indefinite thing that I'm like, but it could be a, a short-term band-aid to let's just start sleeping good. And then we can mess with it from there. So that's just one example uh, of using carbohydrates as like a medicine, so to speak. Yeah, no, no, no. And I agree with you there. I mean, I, I think of it as a bandaid, but you're right. I mean, I think there are some people that if they add a little bit of carbohydrates a little bit before they sleep, if there's like a cortisol spike in the middle of the night, it won't be as significant, which then won't make them cause, um, which then won't make them wake up. And then they can kind of sleep through the night. And if you have better sleep, then in general, your cortisol will be lower, your blood sugar. And so I can see what you're saying with that. And, um, but I, I do think it's a bandaid, but you're right. Like I never thought about that but if it improves your sleep maybe it's a very worthy band-aid so yeah i think that makes sense it is a lot of times a band-aid because it is people that are having trouble tapping fat stores often and so the body's having a hard time tapping fat stores because of chronic hyperinsulinemia the blood sugar gets low and they can't use their fat and so they're waking up in the middle of night cortisol spiking trying to get carbohydrates out of the liver and it's interrupting their sleep where like the last thing I would recommend for treating insulin resistance is eating more carbohydrates. But in certain certain circumstances, I'm like, if that helps us sleep, and then we can start combating the insulin resistance throughout the day. Right. It's a small price to pay. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think it's the net positive of things, right? So I, I love that you're all about like daily wins and focusing on the kind of momentary gains instead of looking long term, and then also um, these you know, these momentary band-aids that maybe the net positive is better. And I, I think I'm totally a fan of that. So I've recommended my clients, some of my clients, the, the fructose in the honey, it's just absorbs so quickly. So then they don't do as well as maybe like a sweet potato or something that has less oxalates, but some other yeah. kind of, but, and th that's again, goes to where you just got to figure out what works for you. Um, but and yeah, like I you're think talking about it's a cost benefit, but it's just like we were talking about the cost benefit. Cause when we start talking about plant foods, one of the things I'm talking about is like, like you just said, we have a sweet potato. Uh, it, it has all these benefits, but it's high in oxalates. So there's a there's a cost to that. Someone that has a real good digestive tract and oxalates aren't such an issue, probably just fine. Someone that's got a damaged gut that's eating a lot of oxalates, 
could be a problem. So like my dad, for example, just his nephrologist finally just put him on a low oxalate diet. I'm like, wow, someone's catching on, but uh, it's because he had kidney stones and, okay. you know, it's something I hope to never have, but you know, the cost benefit, his, his gut's damaged. He eats too many oxalates, gets kidney stones. And so, you know, cost benefit relationship. <laughs> I didn't realize your dad was a doctor. Um, that's pretty cool. Does he follow? Uh, the only other neurologist I know is uh, Jason Fung. Does he happen to follow him? So my dad is not a doctor. My brother is actually uh, oh, okay. uh, an MD. My dad went to the doctor because he was having kidney stones. His oh, nephrologist gotcha. put him on a low oxalate diet. Okay. I've been telling him this for, for ages, but uh, yeah, my I, I have one brother's older than me. He's an ophthalmologist. So okay. he does eye surgeries, cataract surgeries. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, you know, this has been so insightful. Um, I, I obviously didn't dig into certain questions because I wanted people to check out the program so that they can get the answers. Right. Otherwise, um, I mean, obviously you put a lot of work into this and I know how hard it is to synthesize information so that the average person can understand it. And I know that you do that very well, Thank but you. I know it takes a lot of time, right? It's, it's simple. It takes a lot of effort and time to make things very simple. And it just shows your grasp of the information for you to comprehend it to then break it down, right? So I always say if someone can break it down really simple, it probably means they really understand it. So um, I think people should check out your program. And if they want the answers to some of the questions, I'm sure that I could have dug into more, which I intentionally didn't. It's I want to <laughs> your program. So I was um, going to so say, I'm happy to always answer as many questions because I feel like the program, like I, the reason I enroll in so many programs is because like you want someone to take you from start A to start B, fill in the gaps for me. Because one of the pro like, can you find all the answers yourself? Probably, but then you're trying to piece it all together. And it's like, look, might as well just take a shortcut. <laughs> you know, the shortcut as short as you can go. So yeah, I appreciate you, you know, having me on talking about the program and, you know, hopefully it can help, help, you know, a lot of people out. Yeah, no, I'm sure it will. And the other thing is that even if people piece the information, not everyone says the same thing. I mean, within the carnivore space, right? You ask someone if you need to work out, like everyone will say different things. Um, how much meat should you eat? Do you need to eat fat? Do you need to eat protein? Do you need to add electrolytes? Do you have to fast? I mean, everyone will have a different answer. <laughs> You're right. So You're right. When you have a lot more of a comprehensive, simple approach, um, it's you know, then just following that kind of one logic may be just um, easier. And yeah, I just think it makes a lot more sense. So where can people find the program? Um, you know, if they want to sign up, is it, is it like an ongoing rolling basis? Is it just a certain time? Like, So yeah, it's right now. I run the site at meet.health. And so if you go there, you'll see a link for the academy. You can also just go to academy.meet.health, uh, which is where it's at. And yeah, it's right now it's open evergreen. There is like a certain like cap, which I don't think we're going to hit. So it's like, I'm not worried about it filling up or we might have to close it down at some point, uh, but we're not there yet. So, so it's right now it's open. <laughs> uh, so come on over and join if, if they think it's for them. Uh, but yeah, so, it, and it's, uh, yeah, it's just like a one-time purchase thing and you have lifetime access and go through it at your own pace. Okay. Sounds good. So I will put um, all the information in the show notes and yeah, I hope that a lot of people, you know, really look into the program to get real healing and body physique without taking shortcuts. So, well, thank you so much for your time, Kevin. I know that, um, you know, you're really busy and 
I'm sure you have a lot of people you have to support. So thank you. Well, I've been enjoying talking about the program. So thank you for having me on. Like, I'm just trying to share this with, you know, as many people as I can, because I do think it'll help a good amount of people that really, that really are ready to make a change. Yeah, no, I think it makes sense. Well, thank you again for coming on. Thanks. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for watching. If you feel like this Academy is right for you, check out all the information linked down below. Make sure to like and subscribe. And remember, like Judy says, make sure to eat a lot of meat, take care of your bodies because that's the only place you have to live. Thanks guys. And check out Cutting Against the Grain podcast. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.